This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Welcome. Welcome, my children of the night, to Bosom Bloodies. <laughs> Hello there, and welcome to Bosom Bloodies, the year-round Halloween podcast. My name's Kale. My name is Glennis. And this is Bosom Bloodies, the How to Halloween podcast. I'm only going to use one of those takes, not both. Sounds good. Trick or treat, Kale. (laughs) Ooh, my treat, your trick. (laughs) Uh, So I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, and I got me wondering, is... Is it a horror movie? Is it a horror movie? Which opens up the question, is what makes something a horror movie? Which I think we could explore further. But today I want to talk a little bit about the horror genre, which obviously is right in our wheelhouse. And mm-hmm. arguably the biggest genre of movies today, which is the superhero genre dominated by Marvel and where they cross over. So where are you, Glennis? I don't, we've not talked about this. So I don't know. Where are you on superhero movies? Are you a fan? Do you take them or leave them? What's, where are you on superhero movies? I am a consumer of superhero movies. If I didn't, wasn't married to my husband, I probably would see a lot fewer of them. Um, <laughs> but that being said, I could have gone many... either way, by the way. I didn't know if you're going to say fewer <laughs> or more. Uh, it could have gone either way. Really. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I do, I've been pleasantly surprised by different superhero movies and just the whole Marvel universe. Uh, sometimes I think it's a little played out, but then there are different stories and characters I enjoy within that. Um, and I was surprised when you said the Guardians movie and then uh, lumped it into horror because that's not, that's not what I um, associate that movie and that uh, those characters with. I, I'll never forget when I saw the first Guardians movie, I actually saw it with a friend and we both enjoyed it so much that when she came out of the movie theater, she was like, that's the first time since 9-11 that I've like felt happy in a movie like that's like a weird thing to say but it was this was in the like dark night christopher nolan era and i feel like guardians specifically kind of dipped back into what my dad calls like action paction superhero <laughs> movies you know what i mean they're like fun ultimately action paction not to bring up 9-11 <laughs> right out of the gate <laughs> I think I think it's a like a perfect segue because I, I in my mind Guardians of the Galaxy was a uh, a strategic move by Marvel right mm-hmm. because up to this point superhero movies had been superhero movies right where it's like an everyday guy gets superpowers and then fights somebody that probably has the same powers. And that's, you know, that's the origin story. And that's pretty much how they all were. And they realize after doing Captain America, Thor, uh, Iron Man, uh, and before that, you know, Mm -hmm. Spider-Man, they realize like, you know what, we're going to have to like branch out a little bit. And so Guardians was like, we can do a space movie. We can do a sci-fi movie. It's also a superhero movie. Mm, Yeah. Dips into both. Yeah. And was amazing because... 
they uh it, it was a, a characters that nobody gave a crap about right there was no canon to violate like <laughs> that most people were aware of yeah yeah and so to give them uh to james gunn who by the way was a horror director before like slither was ah. I, think, I think slither was his big i know he'd written some other movies in other genres including scooby-doo which you know you could argue <laughs> that's that's horror <laughs> Yeah, technically. <laughs> he wrote the Scooby-Doo movies uh, or wrote on the Scooby-Doo movies. I don't know if he wrote them. And um, Slither was his uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek horror movie. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Familiar with it at all? No, but I'm familiar with it. I, I haven't seen it either, but it's uh, I've seen the trailer. It's just like, you know, what if slugs were the worst thing that <laughs> could ever happen to somebody? <laughs> so they gave them to him and said, you know, do whatever you want to with these guys. And I, I think it's, I mean, what it's one of my favorite of the superhero genre. It's probably going to be in my top three. Right. But the third one, he definitely dips into uh, the body horror in a way that he hadn't before. The whole premise this is a spoiler review, by the way. So spoilers. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. The whole premise is like what happened to Rocket, uh, the raccoon. So oh. we know that uh from the first one that he had like been experimented on, and that's the extent of it. So here they're like, we're gonna really get into exactly what happened. And so there are scenes where, like, you know, they're taking an animal and they are oh. uh, it's, all, it's all CGI, so it's all good. But yeah, but still, yeah. They start with the opening shot of like a little baby raccoon, like, oh, look how cute he is. Like, oh, yeah. Like he could sit on the Disney store shelves next to Baby Groot and Baby Yoda as, yeah. Oh, and then they're like, all right, and now we're going to expand his chest. We're going to put oh, both of his back. We're going to. He has like a Wolverine yes, surgery. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. It was that. Would have been cool as hell if he'd have like broken out like Wolverine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, but there's other animals that he makes friends with, Lila, Floor, and Teef, who are all just little cute animals that have had this severe surgery done on them. The Oh my gosh. The most shocking being in my mind, Floor the rabbit, who one thing has these mechanical spider legs, so it walks <gasps> like a spider, but it's a little bunny. And for some reason, this metal plate that goes over its eyes. So you I'm not sure how it sees or if it sees but it's like oh my gosh that is that's that imagery is uh pretty intense yeah so So how long wait how long is this like montage i mean i'm hoping it's a montage like how much do we see this happen it's a it's a whole b plot of the film like they keep coming back to oh my god rockets early days in the film it is you know i think the film is fine it's okay but if you have a problem with body horror if you have a problem with children or animals being put in danger then this is not the movie oh my god uh and then towards the end there's this weird problem body horror problem with the villain and this entire time has his face stretched over and you're like what that's weird why does he have that so of course at the end they're like they peel it off for no reason just (laughs) underneath like there's no it doesn't add anything to the plot it's just like we've defeated the villain now let's peel his face off and see what's underneath And he's like with no face talking to him for the last. Oh my gosh. Uh, what was my point? Oh yeah. So was- <laughs> body horror. Hi everyone. Welcome to L. L.
But a lot of directors that started in horror have also done comic book movies. Sam Raimi, heard of him? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I, I, you could argue that he kicked it off with the Spider-Man films, but uh, he start he started in horror, uh, Evil Dead, and then did Darkman, which was... I don't know Darkman. And I haven't watched it recently. I don't know if it holds up. But it is 100% a Sam Raimi movie. So like just his, the, the highly visualized shots and like really interesting perspective shots that he, he does. But it uh, stars Liam Neeson as uh, the hero who um, uh, invents a skin that can, you know, can replace damaged skin. But it's not perfect because if it's exposed to sunlight, it bubbles and melts off. Oh, my God. And so but then he... Um, Runs afoul of some bad guys and gets the um, gets his face eaten away somehow. I don't remember. <laughs> and so he uses <laughs> he uses his technology as well as like bandages. So he's like a really cool looking guy's bandage. Gotcha. He's got the hat and he's got the long overcoat. But he can disguise himself as anybody because with his uh, technology. And an early uh, Francis McDermott is uh, in that as well. Oh, as cool. Yeah. Uh, if you love Sam Raimi, Darkman is definite and it hit around the time in the 80s when after batman when like the first wave of superhero bandwagon movies yeah yeah Uh, it was one of those don't look at me i want to look i'm everyone and no one everywhere Speaking of Batman, Tim Burton, you know, Tim Burton, man, somewhat of a uh, horror guy. Guillermo del Toro mm-hmm. did a, he. You could argue again. He re-kicked, He kicked off second superhero wave with Blade Two. Is his oh, yeah. the best of the Blade movies with Wesley Snipes? Uh, but he also did the Hellboy, the first two. Scott Derrickson, who did Doc Strange, James Wan, who did Aquaman. Scott started in the, the Conjuring universe. Uh, <laughs> Taika Waititi did horror comedies. Yeah. Zack Snyder, Ruben Fisher, Andy Musieta. So yeah, a lot of horror movie, horror, my opinion, why is, uh, you know, they can work with low budgets and they can do something highly stylized and highly visualized. I think that translates well to, we're going to give you a chance with a, a bigger budget superhero film. And because you're used to indies, like we can pretty much tell you what to right. Uh, what to do so has there been other than Darkman, which you just mentioned have there been horror superhero movies like in this in the genre of both are you familiar with any i got a couple that i jumped um in. no i mean i would say just because you just mentioned it and it was also my first exposure to superheroes is like the Tim Burton Batman universe mm-hmm. is pretty like I think especially the second one with Catwoman yeah. and uh Penguin just because they are so like it's so dark right and they're like definitely <laughs> spooky um but Batman himself isn't I mean he's a dark figure but he's not like or right. hero um I'm curious to which ones do you do you think uh well I think that one is a great example because Tim Burton got so Tim Burton-y in the second one right Mm -hmm. he's like uh, you know we're gonna take Catwoman and uh (laughs) she's gonna be the (laughs) the the gorgeous glorious Michelle Pfeiffer but her origin is she fell off a building (laughs) and cats licked her until she came back to life Right, we're gonna throw out a window. She's gonna get (laughs) licked all over by cats. (laughs) And then Penguin, we're gonna reimagine from. We're gonna go from Burgess Meredith to. Oh my God, Danny DeVito as the greasiest, (laughs) grossest. 
uh, creature that uh, has ever existed. Oh my god! I think he probably takes the cake for uh, like worst, uh, grossest comic book villain, most horror like. Yeah. yeah, and they went like they had they showed us his flippers and everything. Talk about like like I don't know what that. Yeah, bo- yeah, you know they're not definitely... like oh it's the gloves. I you know there's nothing left to the imagination with him. <laughs> yeah, like he bites the guy's face out. And yeah. Like, we need to talk. You see, you and I have something in common. Sounds familiar. Uh, appetite for destruction, contempt for the czars of fashion. Wait, don't tell me. Naked sexual charisma. Batman. <laughs> the thorn in both our sides. The fly in our ointment. Ointment? <laughs> I'll come back later. So you can find him interviews of him talking about it where they were like, they want to sell Batman toys is what they want. And (laughs) he he was going, he was making more and more Tim Burton movies. And so for the third one, they were like, "Um, hey, you don't really want to do this, do you? And he's like, oh, I don't, I don't think they want me to do this. (laughs) I don't think they want to sell Danny DeVito toys. Yeah. I I think they're trying to talk me out of it. It's because they wanted to go much lighter, which they did with Joel Schumacher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. that was the jump to the the nipple, the rubber nipples, right? Yes, yeah, which okay. went even further with the the Bino Batman and Robin. Yep. But they've tried it with several where they're like, oh, this is this is a horror movie, but it's in the superhero genre. It's comic book based. Yeah. And there have definitely been things that kind of started in the comics as horror comics that have uh, translated over. Uh, Swamp Thing jumps to mind. Marvel just mm-hmm. did Werewolf by Night. Blade was kind of a vampire, Morbius. Yeah. Um, uh, Constantine with... Um, oh, yeah, that's right. With Keanu. With Keanu, yeah, which um, I've heard they're making a, a sequel to. Yeah. So, Sam and I are watching Sandman right now. Oh, yeah. And Constantine just popped up. But sidebar, we can talk more about that later. I don't want to derail. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the whole thing. They uh, they put Lady Constantine in that one, mm-hmm. uh, which is like his sister in the comics. I think. Yeah, but the, the actual same in comics has John Constantine in. It. Yeah, yeah. And so here's the thing: Dracula, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, which also starred Keanu. <laughs> he got he got so much shit for his bad British accent in Dracula that they wouldn't let him do a British accent for John Constantine, who is like so British, right? Like, that's his whole thing. And so now he's just like a guy from New England. There's <laughs> he's just Keanu. <laughs> I did enjoy the Constantine movie with Kanye. That I don't think it did very well, but I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I saw it ages ago. I think I liked it. And you think the devil is responsible? People are evil, Mr. Constantine. People. You're right. We're born capable of terrible things. But then sometimes something else comes along and gives us just the right nudge. Well, this has been real educational, but I don't believe in the devil. You should. He believes in you. What about like, yeah, what about like, um, Ben Helsing and, uh, what is the, the one with Kate Beckinsdale, that whole universe? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, under, um, Underworld. Underworld. Yeah. I did enjoy the Underworld movie. Yes. Thank you. And the Van, Van Helsing, they kind of reimagined him as a superhero, right? So yeah. Like, yeah. That's, he totally got that treatment of like, he's a, he's a hero. Yes. I would say that counts like that. And if we want to go back to that, 
Nightmare on Elm Street. Number four, I think, was Dream Warriors. Mm-hmm. Are you are you familiar with that? No, I haven't gotten deep into that. Into okay. that, um, it's skippable franchise. <laughs> <laughs> but what was significant is uh, the whole idea is that there are certain people. This is you know Nightmare on Elm Street. It's Freddy can go into your dreams. Yes. And do real damage to you, right? That's the whole the whole thing. And so that when they found some people, Nancy, I believe they brought her back for this one. Um, this is somebody that really knows the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise is screaming at me right now. <laughs> they turned it off like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the whole idea was it was people that when they dream, they have superpowers and have this ability to do certain things. And so they can fight Freddy. And so Dream Warriors was all about kind of you know superheroes versus freddy without with it still being like full-on horror like nightmare now right always so i think that's kind of the first one where they kind of did both really like we're, we're gonna yeah do yeah i'll see you in hell tell him freddy sent you but there's a film called brightburn which came out in 2019 and was written by James Gunn's brothers. Um, I think it was produced by James Gunn. Uh, so it's definitely in the gun, the Gunnerverse. <laughs> <laughs> but that one, it for me is like if you're gonna somebody's trying to do superhero and horror at the same time, like that is the one. Okay, and say the name again. Brightburn. 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 Oh, geez, I might have to put this one on your. Um, yeah, I'll put it down. Uh, it's got Elizabeth Banks in it, who's okay. always fantastic. Yeah. She She's great. She's so smart. Uh, as the heroine. I'm a, this is going to be a spoiler. So if you want to watch it, pause here and come back. <laughs> I'm like, how do I pause? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you can't. So the whole premise, the whole premise is an alien baby crashes to earth and is adopted by this farm couple, right? Familiar? Okay. That's, that's, that sound familiar? Superman, yeah. Superman. But the idea, and they set this up really well, is like some species of wasp, because they've lost the ability to build nests, they will um, implant their, their eggs with another species, and which will raise them until they get old enough and then they become wasps and they're now you know predators gotcha and so the whole idea is that this kid is uh is an alien from another world but he was sent here to kill everybody oh my god and so it's him coming of age and becoming uh a super villain i won't spoil any more than that but it's elizabeth banks dealing with uh you know it's very uh it's kind of like the omen right where yeah, you know, like, yeah. realize like oh this kid is the absolute worst and it in terms of like suspense and body horror even uh-huh. and all of the elements of a horror movie it has it it's just got this overlay of a um you know the a superhero story the origin story yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool i'm excited all it doesn't even pretend like we're not going to pretend like this is a superman allegory um because at the end of it they kind of hint that there's also in this world a um an evil bat man and evil wonder woman and evil aquaman <laughs> oh nice so so yeah i don't know i don't know what the plan was or is or if there's anything will happen with it but that one is definitely like firmly planned excuse me superman it's me ricky ricky from smallville superman tell him he won't hurt anybody ricky, he's changed no maybe maybe he's just sick superman please get better what are you looking at not listening to you, Ricky. Yes, he is. He can hear me. He's got super hearing. Superman, you're just in a slump. You'll be great again. That's um, cool. Then there's also, there was um, the Sony X-Men, you know, which again, you could argue kicked off the superhero genre in the 2000s. Yeah. Um, 
the the very last film before Marvel bought out Sony was the New Mutants, which um, you know in the, in the eighties when the the two biggest superhero franchises were the Teen Titans mm-hmm. and the, the X Men. Uh, Marvel had the idea. The Marvel Comics had the idea. You know what? Why don't we just make some teenage X Men? And that was, <laughs> that was the New Mutants. Chris Chris Claremont. That was you know a money uh, a money that was a sure thing. Right. So anyway, um, they're adapted adapted for the first time, but it was pitched originally and marketed as a horror movie. One of the characters, um, Mirage in the comics, their mutant superpower is they can bring whatever you fear the most to life and you can see what you fear the most. And so yeah. these kids in this special hospital are all being haunted by something we don't know what it is. And it's very much set up like a, um, a horror movie, but it does... It kind of mixes the genres so much it doesn't become a horror movie. It doesn't definitely doesn't stay one, and it's there's a lot of other problems with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was um, kind of the first time we said, "Oh, we're going to make this kind of a horror film." Yeah, it's there is so much more blending than I like. As soon as like now that you're like talking about it, and it's like, oh yeah, that's happening a lot. That's like, did you watch? Um, I actually really this is a, an instance of my husband, you know, wanting to watch something, and then I really enjoyed it. Um. <laughs> I think it was, is it Peacemaker? Is that the name of that? Yeah, yeah, Peacemaker. So did you watch that's, Peacemaker? Yeah, that's also James Gunn, yeah. Okay, yeah, he, so he I, wrote and directed I do, that. yes, I like his sensibility. First of all, my <laughs> I enjoyed watching that intro. For those who haven't seen it, it's, they have the entire cast do like a silly dance as the intro, Um, which I just think that's how shows should just start. Like whatever show it is. I never skip it. I watch that every <laughs> single time. I never, <laughs> yes. the little button comes up. Would you like to skip this? I'm like, no, I'm not going to no, skip No, absolutely not. Um, But yeah, that's, a hundred percent a blending of those two things and they get to kind of borrow those characters you know the the uh, superhero characters that show up at the end kind of and do nothing with that <laughs> whole body snatcher um alien invasion thing which i thought he did really well in that and i think maybe that a show can kind of be a better format for that because you have time to explain it all the older i get the more you know it's like people are very critical of movies and i think if you're trying to make too much happen in a movie it's just a little a little doomed but if you have <laughs> you have episodes to to think out the idea then yeah well i um i mean i think it's Cool. I'd love to hear if other people have other movies they would think would fit into that. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I think Sam Raimi, really, he kind of stayed away from horror in the Spider-Man movies. But when he did Doctor Strange, I thought there were a couple moments uh, when like Wanda's yeah. chasing people down and she's like creeping out of the the, yeah. the, the puddle and the glass uh, where he like, oh, this is full on horror Sam Raimi. Yeah. But now James Gunn has been given the keys to the DC kingdom. Uh, really? So I, I think there's like some things where like Creature Commandos and some things where I think in Swamp Thing, uh, he's redoing Swamp Thing. They've mm-hmm. already announced that's kind of in the first slate where he can lean into horror. But like right now he's re- he's writing the and directing the first Superman movie that'll be in this new universe. And I'm like, Man. and I hope that you can control this <laughs> need that you have to make things so gruesome and terrible. Yeah, I think, yeah. I don't know. And this might be a little like goody two shoes in me, but there's something about Superman where I'm like, again, like I really, and oh gosh, Sam, Sam listens to this. He's going to be upset at me for speaking ill of the uh, Nolan Batman, but it's like (laughs) he helped usher in this like dark brooding thing. But I'm like, there are certain characters. I'm like, Superman, there's something like 
that's supposed to be like wholesome about him i think and so i'm like i don't know i guess it's boring to watch like you have to give him something to push against but you don't know like dark scary superman i don't know if i'm about it i would be happy to be proved wrong but it's also yeah. <laughs> i'm also like a an 80s baby christopher reeve is superman they're never gonna get it right again so i've, I've entered that phase in my life where i'm like <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, that's that's the uh, Nolan's kind of started it, but uh, that's that's Batman. I think it was Zack Snyder yeah. do, doing that to Superman. That's what DC. If they do have some criticism, it's that. Or what's one of the many criticisms for the DC movies, as especially compared to the Marvel movies, is that they are so dark, and you're like, hey, these are fun characters too. Yeah, still they still came from comics. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there's room for both of it. I just hope that James Gunn, who because you know even he did uh, the Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. uh, which was great, had some fun moments, had some a lot of jizz jokes for whatever reason. <laughs> but there's a one scene where they defeat the final creature. Um, <laughs> Margot Robbie goes, has a spear and goes running and stabs it right in the eye, splits its eye down the middle and kills the thing. I'm like, that is pretty gruesome. I don't... Right. That's not... Uh... That worked in your rated R Suicide Squad, but uh, hopefully there's he's got enough room for it. Which I... I've, yeah. Yeah. So that's my thing. Cool. I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. <laughs> You're going to end up fighting every elected official in this country. I would love yeah. to hear, because I know there's ones that I've left out, but I would love to hear... The horror superhero crossover world. Yeah, hit us up. Hit us up and let us know. Um, Cool. Thanks for listening to my superhero podcast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Uh, It was my entire identity when I was 14, and it still is a good 99% of it. Now, would you just, this is just curiosity, would you categorize the Ghostbusters as superheroes? Ooh, mm, no, but they were my identity when I was. Yeah, I know they were part of your. Uh, no, but I think part of the thing that made that movie great was the things that I would call a superhero movie, right? Like, right. Yeah. uh, The, you know, a sky beam at the end, uh, face off against the big bad guy, cool, quippy lines, like let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. (laughs) Right. But I guess the whole point is that they're not super, you know, they're every man, like every man characters. They have a proton pack. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. All right, so this episode is, uh, no, no, we'll do an episode, What Makes a Horror Movie a Horror Movie, and then we'll do an episode, What Makes a Superhero Movie a Superhero Movie. Sounds good. All right. Yay! Yay! CleanCityPodcastNetwork.com. Really, really